This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. We're back. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is our Buys and Sells episode. We just had the trade deadline pass. Okay, this is Faraz. I'm here with Zach. And you have a little guest, too. We have a guest. Halloween is over. We're done. This weekend, uh, as a parent to two little kids on Halloween, like, it's done. All right. Halloween's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. So I'm ready to focus on Thanksgiving. I'm, we're moving forward. All right. I'm like Bill Belichick. When you're asking me about Christmas, listen, we're, we're, we're on to Thanksgiving. Okay. Don't ask me about Christmas right now. Okay. Uh, we also had a major shakeup to a team overnight, and we'll get there. But first, we have a guest. It's me, it's Zach, and we have a friend, Christian Catanacci from Catch the Blitz with us here as well. If you don't know, Catch the Blitz provides awesome NFL content on Instagram at Catch the Blitz and through their podcast, Catch the Blitz. Uh, it's called the CTB Show. Okay. Look for that. All right. That drops early on in the week. It recaps and previews every single week. Christian, welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Of course, man. I want to hit the news that just dropped overnight for us East Coast folks. Uh, Josh McDaniels fired from his head coaching position of the Las Vegas Raiders. He is done. They also fired their offensive coordinator. They're, they're, they fired their GM. They are cleaning house. Okay, um, Josh McDaniels now has two pretty unsuccessful stints as a head coach. The previous job with the Denver Broncos. Former Giants linebacker Antonio Pierce is now the Raiders interim head coach. It's kind of weird for me seeing him up there like that, but uh, they're going to make the switch also to QB Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell, rookie quarterback after the debacle that we saw on Monday night, Devonta Adams, Josh Jacobs, Jacoby Myers, Michael Mayer, all these guys need saving right now. Christian, let me ask you first. Do you think that we can see a potential positive impact for this team at all moving forward? Yeah. What do you, what do you make of these like, fantasy relevant players that that i just mentioned to be honest with you um i thought this was all long overdue i think again i didn't understand the hiring when it happened in the first place um but it was clear just josh mcdaniels wasn't getting his message out to that locker room and again like you mentioned before this is the second time that we've seen it happen 
Um, is it going to be his last time as a head coach or at least getting a chance to be a head coach? I think it might be, which is crazy because he's still pretty young, right? Um, but I mean, we've seen two now with Denver and now with the Raiders, we've seen two complete debacles of, um, of coaching jobs. And it sort of happened both the same way, right? You, he just was not it for the locker room. The, the, his message wasn't clear, was clearly not getting across. Um, there was a, just look at the players. Look at the way that Devontae Adams, a veteran in this league, reacts. And right, like if he's reacting like that on the on the sideline, say what you want about the quarterback. I think it's shows more about the head coach and the fact that he just simply lost the locker room, right? And I think it's been again long overdue. So going to its fantasy impact, I think there's a positive impact. To be honest, I think it's fresh, rejuvenated energy, um, especially with a young rookie quarterback coming in. Again, is Aiden O'Connell gonna? come up and light up the stat sheet probably not but i think from a um fantasy perspective it's almost a positive because again it can't get <laughs> jimmy garoppolo it's not like jimmy garoppolo was playing as as a must start quarterback or he wasn't doing his receivers any favors right we saw what he's done outside of jacoby myers there really wasn't anything special and he had Devontae adams outside of him but Aiden O'Connell, I think he's fresh juice, a new interim head coach, gives this team new rejuvenated energy, um, less of a, I want to say, I, I, less, I think it's less pressure too, because now it's like, okay, the season's not necessarily a shoe-in, but um, it's just fresh energy. And I think for guys like Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, and Jacoby Myers, I almost give them a slight uptick, which is crazy because they're going from Jimmy Garoppolo to Aiden O'Connell and a, a rookie that wasn't really drafted that high and he doesn't have the pedigree that Jimmy Garoppolo has. But I think if you take what, what goes on behind the scenes, I almost think it's a positive. Zach, uh, in O'Connell's week four start earlier this year against the Chargers, he wasn't bad, right? Josh Jacobs right. had a huge game. Uh, you know, given the fact that O'Connell was like just checking it down a ton, eight catches for 81 yards for Jacobs. So he would potentially get a huge boost if that continues. Uh, Devonta Adams went eight for 75 on 13 targets. That was his second highest target share of the year or oh, i'm sorry target total of the year i should say uh and that's solid considering what we've seen over the last four games right that was his last right. good game by the way right like with aiden <laughs> o'connell um but jacoby myers was the odd man left out in that game two catches for 33 yards on only four targets uh they had the giants this week we're starting Devontae adams you know you got to have him in your lineup regardless we're starting josh jacobs but are we rolling out myers as a wide receiver too I think this week there's something to be worried about. You know, there's definitely concern to have because Aiden O'Connell didn't target him very well in that game. But I think in the long term, like Christian was mentioning before, like I think this could be a positive. Uh, it maybe not a positive, but a point where it's like we're going to see similar production moving forward. Like the game against Detroit, objectively, was very bad. I don't think the Raiders they're gonna wash they're not gonna wash that taste out of our mouths anytime soon. But I do also think that the Raiders can be a lot better the rest of the way than they showed Monday night. Like. For everything that went wrong, I think that was just a total failure on offense in all phases. And I'm going to give them credit. The Lions are a good team. They're a good defense. All right. I'm not going to just completely hang this all on like Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulders, even though he was the problem Monday night with Josh McDaniels, all that. They're addressing those issues. The only way to go from Monday night is up, right? The reality is before that debacle, like you mentioned, Myers, he was a real fancy wide receiver one in PPR points per game. Week one through seven, he was a wide receiver 12. So, I think he's still a wide receiver too moving forward. I'm not going to let one really bad game define Myers for the rest of the season. 
Now, the Raiders are going to be putting O'Connell in a quarterback. You know, he might be for the uh, immediate future, their quarterback, the guy under center. But in week four against the Chargers, he had that bad target share. Look at the game against the Bears when he came in at the end of the game. He threw one touchdown. It went to who? Jacoby Myers. So I think that there's not enough here for us to just suddenly panic about Jacoby Myers. Myers has shown that he can compete with Devontae Adams for targets, even though I still don't think that should be happening. I like Jacoby Myers, but Devontae Adams needs to get those targets. I think that can be corrected with the new coaching system coming in. Jimmy G, you know, he was targeting his receivers at a high rate the first couple weeks of the season. He got injured. There was a little bit of turnover. It's hard to really buy into anything that we've seen these past couple weeks because it's just been terrible. I think there is room for improvement here from what we've seen. I don't think that he's going to be Jacoby Myers out of the wide receiver wide receiver two conversation every single week. I think he definitely takes a little bit of a hit. This offensive line is still pretty bad. A big part of the reason why the Raiders struggled against the, the Lions was the pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. And the same thing happened with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback in week four. Like you mentioned, Khalil Mack had six sacks. This could easily become a situation where the Raiders, I think, ride the hot hand. And we see Garoppolo a couple games maybe down the line, O'Connell a couple games down the line. But I think that the offense is going to be better um, than what we saw last night. I think it's easy to overreact and say that this is just the end of Jacoby Myers as a fancy wide receiver. I don't think that's the case. I think he still has a couple wide receiver two weeks in him. But this week, I think I'm going to temper expectations. I'm probably going to rank him outside the top 24, you know, given all the turnover that's happened these past couple, I mean, 24 hours. It makes sense. I mean, he does line up on the right perimeter on most of his routes, and the Giants have given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers on that right side over the last four weeks, the fifth most for the season. So it's a good matchup for him. But again, like, you know, this was a relatively decent matchup this past week as well. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, you know, what we see a lot of the times with rookie quarterbacks is that they don't make it past their first read, right? But also, it seemed like if it wasn't Devontae Adams, it was like dumped down to Josh Jacobs, right? Myers has been the first read on 29% of passing plays this year with, you know, overall, and Adams was at 41%. With O'Connell in week four, it was only 16% for Myers and Adams won but all the way up to 50%, okay? So I think Myers can have his weeks, but it's very possible he takes a real hit here, right? So coming into Monday night, he had four finishes inside the top 13, as you alluded to, Zach. Not sure we'll see a whole lot of that moving forward, but we'll see. Maybe in those games that Jimmy G comes back in for, possibly. Devonta Adams has had one fantasy wide receiver finish on the year, meaning top 12 finish on the year. Okay, one. Jacoby Myers has had four. OK, uh, so, you know, we've seen we've been ranking him as a wide receiver one this entire time. Uh, are we going to see those wide receiver one days again? Uh, and, and if so, does that mean that we have to buy Devontae Adams right now, Christian? I mean, I don't the word buy is is it's like you're walking on a tightrope, right? It's it depends what the asking price is, because, again, Devontae Adams still holds a ton of name value and just pure name value. Right. So it, it ultimately depends on what you're paying for him. Are you buying Devontae Adams and you're paying like you're trading for a wide receiver one, like an elite wide receiver one? I dare I say even top 10 wide receiver one. I don't know if I would necessarily call him a buy if that's what you're paying from a price standpoint. But if you can get Devontae Adams for, let's say, a wide receiver two price where you're trading for a guy who, I mean, he's not even a top 20 receiver on the year but you get what i'm saying like if you can get him at i don't want to call it a discount because it's still expensive you're still trading for Devonte adams right you're not going to get Devonte adams if 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 his name wasn't involved 
here, right? Most likely you're, you're probably trading for a guy that you could just throw in almost, but it's Devonte Adams. So people are holding onto the name value with that being said, I would consider him a buy if you can get him relatively cheap. And I'm talking like you're trading for a top 20 to 25 receiver, right? Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And I, I don't think you have to give up wide receiver one prices at this point for Devontae no. Adams, right? Because you, Aiden O'Connell's coming in and, you know, we're not sure. You know, a lot of people, there's a lot of, um, you know, people aren't happy. If they had Devontae Adams this year, they were not happy because they drafted yeah. this player in the second round and he did not come through straight up absolutely right absolutely whether it's his fault or not right like it is what it is and they could be trying to cut their losses at this point okay um a little bit of news i just dropped taylor heineke has been named the starter for the falcons um i am trying to see right now if it's just for this week uh knowing arthur smith um i can't imagine that he's going to tell you guys like hey uh Arthur Smith explained the decision to go with Taylor Heineke after saying on Sunday that they didn't bench Desmond Ritter because of performance. Uh, but yeah, for this week against the Vikings, it is going to be Taylor Heineke. And you know what that means? That basically means that you have a new potential streamer because it is a pretty good matchup for Taylor Heineke, you know, and like he has the weapons. Drake London is dealing with a groin injury right now. So we'll see what his practices that practice statuses are throughout the week. But when he's healthy, <laughs> I kind of feel like this is an upgrade for him, right? Um, you know, when, you know, he did have a uh, a wide receiver one in Terry McLaurin last year, right? And and te- Terry McLaurin, if I'm not mistaken, I'm looking at it right now, he averaged 15.6 fantasy points with Heineke last year. So not bad at all, right? Heineke, so London could get an upgrade here. Um, this, this offense can get an upgrade. Um, this passing offense can get an upgrade. The accuracy was a real issue for Desmond Ritter. Um, just, just real quick, just th- 30 seconds on this real quick, Christian. What, what are your thoughts on this move? Do you think this improves the Falcons offense, number one? And number two, do we have a little bit more fantasy relevance out of this team? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 100 percent um absolutely you saw in just a short short stint when he came in last week it just feels like i mean which is crazy to say because desmond ritter hasn't been bad but like 
you watch the Falcons and you feel like there's so much left on the table with with a roster. Um, I mean, say what you want about the head coach, but I think from a quarterback standpoint, and and we're talking fantasy upgrades to Kyle Pitts and Drake London, I think they do get an up. Uh, I think they do get an upgrade, right? You saw in just a short stint, he started targeting Kyle Pitts more. He was pushing the ball downfield. Um, I think that's what you need um, when you're looking at a fantasy quarterback and fantasy offenses. I, I would give them an uptick, 100%. He just feels like he's more comfortable back there, um, and he's throwing the ball with much more confidence as opposed to Desmond Ritter he was just you just didn't see the ball being pushed downfield as much as you'd like yeah I hear that uh, what are your thoughts Zach is, is there a one clear winner from here uh from this team that would benefit that would get benefit I don't know I, I think they definitely get upgrades but I think it's like Christian was alluding to you know it's just kind of overall everybody gets a slight uptick I don't think there's any clear winner here I do think that the talent levels of Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter are kind of like right there with each other. I don't know how much there's going to be a change because the philosophy on offense is still going to be that Arthur Smith offense. I think that the running backs are still going to be pretty involved. But the thing for me that makes me a little bit more optimistic is maybe Taylor Heineke can limit turnovers because that's the problem. That's what we've seen from Desmond Ritter so far. Two weeks ago, it was three fumbles in the game. The week before that, it was three interceptions in the game. He's had a turnover issue this season, and that's cutting drives short. So if the Falcons can get a little consistency, a little stability, not turning the ball over, extend drives as opposed to ending them early, I think we could see more fantasy relevance out of these guys. I think that's where some of the production might come from. Obviously, that's like a broad look at it, but I think that just even cutting down on the turnovers a little bit, which has been Desmond Ritter's game throughout this season so far, I think that could be a really big boost for a couple of these guys, namely Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Ritter is leading the NFL uh, in turnovers right now among all quarterbacks. All right, let's address this Vikings situation with Kirk Cousins going down. They traded for Josh Dobbs to come in and help them stay afloat. They're four and four right now, right? This move kind of tells us that they're, they're not packing it in, right? They're not. I'm, I'm not saying that Dobbs is the savior, but we at least know that we have a capable quarterback coming in who kept Hollywood Brown very fantasy relevant, gave Trey McBride the tight end one finish of the week this past week. You know, how much of a downgrade should we expect for this Vikings offense, Christian? Uh, it's it's a downgrade for sure because, again, Kirk Cousins, you look at his stats, he was having a fantastic year, right? He was one of the better quarterbacks overall from, his, from a statistic standpoint in the NFL. Um, but I do like this move, to be honest. I alluded to it as a possibility um, when we recorded our show on Monday. I said, you know what? I, I just can't help to see the Vikings not trading for Josh Dobbs, especially after they came out and said, oh, we're going to start Kyler Murray or Clayton tune i was like this sort of feels like they're leading towards trading him at the deadline which was this was monday obviously and the deadline just passed but um i do think it saves a lot of seasons i really do i think um you're you're talking about potentially turning in to a disaster for tj hawkinson guys like jordan addison and guys like justin jefferson who obviously will produce but let's say he comes back if they were going with jaron hall let's be real here justin jefferson which is crazy to say, I don't even know if I would be feel comfortable rolling him out as one of my two receivers. And if you're starting to, let's say, but um, I think it does save a lot of seasons. You look at Josh Dobbs, look at Arizona's offense this year. He has Marquise Brown as a top 22 receiver. He had Trey McBride obviously had a big game. So it helps his numbers, but he was a top 20 tight end last, last week he put up 20 points. Michael Wilson also had a fair share of weeks where he was pretty solid. Right. And, Obviously, he's going to a team with much better weapons. 
I we're talking downgrades. I would downgrade, of course, because you're going from Kirk Cousins to um, Josh Dobbs. But I think it saves a lot of seasons, to be honest. Yeah, it definitely saves seasons. And, and the thing is, like, we're going to have to give Dobbs some time as well. I don't think he's going to be able to just walk in and be able to get all these guys the ball. Right? I think getting Jefferson the ball will be the priority number one, obviously. You know, so much is left. You know, I, I'm curious to know how much is left for TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison, right? I think Addison might end up being the odd man out if we're picking anyone. There were some accuracy issues with Dobbs. Cousins was putting the ball on these guys, right? He's an accurate quarterback. Addison, yeah. over the last four weeks, according to Fantasy Life's utilization report, catchable target rate from Cousins to Addison, 86%, 80%, 80%, 88% to Hawkinson, 88%, 88%, 100%, 78%. If we look at Hollywood from Dobbs the last four weeks, 55%, 55%, 60%, and then 88% this last week. Zach, is this a good time to sell Addison? It's the only time to sell Addison. And I'm going to agree with Christian here. I think Josh Dobbs coming in, I think the save the season is true, but I, I'm going to tweak it a little bit. I'm going to say it salvages the seasons of a lot of players. You know what I mean? Fair. There's not a, that it, It's not like we're going to turn around and they're going to be the same guys that were with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Absolutely. You have to strongly consider moving on from Addison at this point, even with the Vikings adding Josh Dobbs. And for me, it comes down to the question of upside moving forward. Sure, could Jaron Hall come in, play pretty well for the Vikings, support Addison as a fantasy-relevant wide receiver, too, for the next few weeks? Maybe. If that doesn't work, could Josh Dobbs eventually start and make Addison wide receiver, too? That's probably the trajectory that we're looking at right now. Dobbs will be starting in a couple weeks. Could that happen where he's Addison's a wide receiver, too, with him? We saw him do it with Marquise Brown, like you said. I think there's definitely a possibility there. But Addison's the PPR wide receiver 7 over the past four weeks. He's scored five touchdowns in his past four games. He's averaged 20 points a game. That ceiling is only possible with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. And I'm sorry, that's just not going to be achievable, those heights that J Jordan Addison has seen. It's not going to happen with Dobbs or Hall at quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. Addison has made his money this season by getting in the end zone, and that upside is effectively gone with Hall and Dobbs as a potential replacements. Plus, Addison, has, he's been a wide receiver one only while Justin Jefferson has been out. You know, Jefferson's eligible to return from IR in Week 10, and at that point, I think given the worst quarterback situation and the heavy competition for targets, TJ Hawkinson too, he's still part of the picture here. We could see Addison fall back as a touchdown dependent wide receiver three once Jefferson's back. And that's potentially worst case scenario. It could be really bad at this point. So you have that risk. You have four really solid games to sell Addison on. You mentioned those past four games where he's just been on it. You have to move him before it all comes crashing down. Obviously, I still love Addison and Dynasty. I think you could probably get away with buying him here. This would be a good time. But for the season in redraft leagues, you know, you have to treat it like a blackjack table. You won a few big hands in a row. The dealer just switched. Table's about to go cold. Get up from the table while you're winning. Cash out. Move on from Jordan Addison before we see what life without Kirk Cousins looks like. I should take, take that gambling advice. Can we just take a fucking moment to, to, <laughs> to, 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 uh, to awe at that amazing analogy just now? Bravo, awesome. bravo, Zach. Bravo, very, thank you. Very, bravo. Very, impressive. <laughs> very impressive. I, I right. wish I had that. I wish I had that same mentality at the blackjack table. I'm, 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 almost, know, right? I'm almost the opposite. Either. That's an ideal, <laughs> definitely. An guys, ideal. guys, uh, a dealer changed. Let's and we've been losing. Let's just stay. <laughs> and we, we've been winning. Let's just stay. Let's just stay. Been winning. Um, yeah. I want to touch on this backfield just for complete completeness sake. Um, the only way Alexander Madison's value increases if he's targeted more in the passing game. 
Not something that we saw with Dobbs in Arizona, and Madison isn't really a target earner. So, you know, this offense is going to get worse. I think we all agree on that. So I don't see any benefit to this backfield, even if they go a little bit more run heavy, you know, especially given how inefficient this backfield has been. Right. right um, for now, though, it's, you know, it's Jaron Hall, that quarterback against the Falcons this week. Jordan Addison is going to be like a wide receiver three start for me. I'm starting Hawkinson as I normally would. Justin Jefferson is first eligible to return next week in week 10. Uh, by the way, the Cardinals on the other side still haven't decided who they're going to start this week. It's either going to be Kyler Murray or it's going to be who's the other guy? Clayton, Clayton Toon. Clayton Toon. I, I think Clayton it's going to be I think it's going to be Clayton Toon. Um, yeah. And then it's going to be Kyler for the rest of the season after this week. That's what I'm hoping for. Guys, if you're not following the podcast on your podcast app, please take out two seconds to do that now. It would mean the world to us. It helps us out more than you know. So if you can also leave a five-star review, if you like the podcast, if you enjoy the show, that would be amazing as well. Some more really, really, really exciting trade deadline action. The Lions traded for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, he was very fantasy relevant last year before they brought in Elijah Moore to steal away targets that he's, he's not doing anything with anyway. But this is an interesting move to me. Um, I know Marvin Jones stepped away from football. And, you know, maybe you look at that as a Marvin Jones replacement. But you, you look, kind of look at how unproductive Jamison Williams has been so far this year. Like, you look at the fact that he hasn't had more than 50% route participation at all this year. Uh, DBJ plays that perimeter wide receiver role as a field stretcher, right? A am I thinking too much into this, Christian? Like, or does this move potentially keep Jamison Williams a part-time player the rest of the year. To be honest with you, um, Jamison Williams, for a guy that gets talked about from a fantasy perspective so much, you'd, you'd expect him to be more fantasy relevant, right? But like we're talking to, with a, about a guy that, again, you look at the four games that he's been back, he's only had 15 total targets, right? Like he's not getting the whole the ball a whole lot. So is this a, a, a Jamison Williams replacement? I don't I don't really know if that's what I want to call it. Like Donovan Peoples Jones, if we're talking just pure numbers, right? The, Jameson Williams hasn't had a part a time in his career when he's put up at least numbers like Donovan Peoples Jones did last year with the Browns, right? I know obviously this year Elijah Moore came in, stole targets from him. Like you mentioned, he's not doing much with those targets, but um I think I think he could play a role in this offense, right? The it's clear the Lions want more from Jamison Williams and he's he hasn't given it to him. He, it's been sort of a head scratcher um, of a career to start for. This is a guy that was such a highly touted prospect out of Al came, coming out of Alabama. Um, but dare I say it's an upgrade uh, over him, at least for the short term. I don't think he I think they're, they can coexist um, because I think, again, Donovan People Jones is more is, is coming in more for the Marvin Jones replacement as a direct replacement for Jamison Williams. But I think they're going to play similar roles in the offense. And, and if I'm talking about a guy that I'd rather own uh, going forward in redraft leagues, obviously, um, dare I say it's crazy to say Donovan Peoples-Jones might be the guy that I'd rather have? Zach, no context. Who's more fantasy relevant in one month, DPJ or Jamison Williams? I'm going with Jameson Williams. <laughs> and I hate to take away from everything that Chris just said. You know, I, I look at his offense. That's all. No, 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 no. No context. Sure. sure. No. Oh, okay, no context. I, I, I can't say I, I, anything. I like that, though. Like, again, no. But he <laughs> has no the talent. No he has the talent to, right? He, he has the talent to, to, to be more fantasy relevant. It's just like from a guy that's so talented, you, you still haven't seen it yet. It's like, it, okay, it's like we're waiting for it. Right? I, I, I want to hear, I, I hear it now because Zach go, has Go ahead. Yeah, he All does. Right. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. 
if we're talking about Donovan Peoples-Jones stepping into this Lions offense, into that Marvin Jones role, Marvin Jones, he has that So is that what you're projecting, that he steps into the Marvin Jones role? Well, I look at Josh Reynolds has been pretty productive already yeah. ahead of him. I think Josh Reynolds is going to be more productive. He's going to get more targets than Donovan Peoples-Jones coming in. Granted, they traded for him, but I just don't think that he's going to overtake Josh Reynolds. So I, 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 think, I, think, I, I think Chris would... Chris, you would you would agree with that as well, right? So I think I think the clear pecking order here is like a wide receiver. It's like Amon Ra, and then Josh Reynolds, right? Yes, absolutely. And then now 100%. this third wide receiver role right now is a rotation between Jamison Williams and Khalif Raymond, right? Yeah, so it would be right. we're kind of talking about that. I would say like more so than like the yeah, oh yeah, Donovan Peoples Jones is gonna is that's why I compared the two because they're gonna be fighting for snaps, right? And right. It just it's from from someone that owns Jameson Williams in a lot of leagues and in Dynasty <laughs> leagues more like it's Fucking it's sucks. just so it's so frustrating because it's like this guy is so talented but he hasn't able to he hasn't been able to put it together right um so I mean maybe it's a little harsh to say oh yeah I'd probably have Donald Donald Peoples Jones over him but I think I genuinely think that if we're talking about who's gonna do more with with their opportunity. I don't know if it's crazy. To yeah, I guess say, the question I, I, is. I, think I, I, think I, I, I guess the question is like, I would say like, let's say DPJ is able to beat Khalif Raymond out, right? Um, at some point, right? And like, and then Which now he he's be com- able to. And now he, in, yeah, I, I agree. And then now he's going to potentially compete with Jamison Williams for snaps and routes. Yes. Yeah. Right. I think like that's kind of like what we're getting at here, right? Right, Zach. Yeah. So like, do you think that he ends up doing that? And then if that's the case, like. Does he end up being more productive than Jamison Williams? Right, I guess that that's that that's what it comes down to. And Jay, yeah. but they're both probably not going to be like crazy fantasy relevant, anyways. But yeah, I love um, how I love how like I, I love how this is gonna like has zero impact on anybody. Like, like yeah, like nobody's even matter. <laughs> right. He's like, only nobody, Williams only owned in like twenty percent of the leagues. Anyways. Has D has, it, like since this move happened, did anyone fucking pick up DPJ on your in your fantasy? <laughs> no, no, nah. probably not. It, probably not. If you read our, if you read our newsletter, I put it out. My two cents went out on that news bit when I, I talked about it. DPJ going to the Lions, and I said you probably aren't picking up Donovan Peoples Jones. He might contribute down the stretch, no. but that time is not now. So no. maybe, maybe the Lions have a buy coming up in a couple of weeks. Maybe things turn around. Maybe they added him. They want to incorporate him in the offense. But I think the bottom line here is we're talking about the Lions wide receiver three who hasn't been productive at all because you exactly. have Sam Laporta. He's the number two option, even over yeah. Josh Reynolds. There's so yeah, many weapons here. Yeah, and yeah. Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, I would Jameer love Gibbs, to have too. Jameer Gibbs continue to do that. But I'm just like, the, he goes from the Browns, who were a crowded offense with a pretty tough situation at quarterback to a a good situation at quarterback, but still a really crowded offense. I don't know what, I don't think I'm going to be picking him up or trusting him in my lineup. No, anytime I would soon. keep an eye on him something. though, because I, I don't think it's going to be sort of one of these situations where they don't use him because it's an in season trade, right? And I think that's most important part. Like, if you're trading draft capital for a guy in the middle of the season, you're more than likely going to use him in some component. Yeah, um, or and, and I can definitely see a does, world. Right? I could definitely sure. see a world where in a month he's more fantasy relevant than Josh Reynolds too. I can see that. I mean, look at look at what he did last year with with yeah. Jacoby with Jacoby it's Brissett. Old, but is it though? Is, is Josh Reynolds know. really that good? Like, nah, really I don't not. know. I, like, yeah, like, you're right. Like, he's not like special. Uh, by the way, like, once we're w- once we're done talking about this topic, uh, Mike, our producer, like, can you just cut this whole thing out of the podcast? Like, I appreciate it. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, so basically, like, yeah, last year, 61 catches for 800 
almost yeah, 839 yards. Um, I don't think uh, – what's the best season Josh Reynolds has ever put up? Um, let's see. He had a 600-yard season in 2020, and that was that was his best season so far. Um, yeah, so like I'm – yeah, I, I think that it's definitely possible. It's a, it's, a, it's a scenario that could happen. That's with Amari Cooper there too. He was competing with – do you remember like when he was competing with Amari Cooper? And he was getting games where he was like out targeting Amari Cooper and yeah, out producing Amari year. Cooper last year. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. So let's 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 keep that in mind. Okay. Um, yeah, but you can cut this whole segment out, Mike. I'm just kidding. Um, all right, let's move on. <laughs> Real quick, Thursday night football, th- Steelers and Titans. Kenny Pickett said he'll play. So good news for the Steelers wide receivers. Ryan Tannehill will likely be out again. We'll see Will Levis. Zach and I spoke about it on Monday's show. Um, uh, but Chris, how do you feel about what you saw from Will Levis on Sunday? And do you think he has a shot? at being the Titans quarterback rest of the season, even when Ryan Tannehill comes back. So I went on a huge rant about Will Levis um, on our podcast on Monday. Um, I deemed him the Mayo Man. That's his new nickname now. So you're, call, you're calling him, they're calling him the Mayo Man. And um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know much about Will Levis. I obviously knew that coming out super talented arm, like probably the best in the draft class by pretty large margin um even with anthony richardson i think that will levis has like that serious of an arm um but to be honest with you when i saw him make that throw to westbrook akine when he took that like 20 step drop and just sort of threw it to the back left of the end zone and just put it in a bucket i was like okay i'm not gonna overreact but there's probably like three quarterbacks in the league that can make that throw and I guess him, he's now one of him, them. Zach, right? Him, Zach Wilson, and then who is the <laughs> <laughs> Zach Wilson in his pro Gosh, day. Gosh. You're forgetting. Zach Wilson, pro day, pro day pro only. Day. <laughs> pro day only. But jokes aside, seriously, like you're talking Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and I guess now Will Levis, right? Like I, I don't see many quarterbacks making that throw. And the fact that he was able to do that, like, in the first half of his first NFL start. Now, I'm not saying Will Levis is going to be those quarterbacks, but – from a Tennessee Titans standpoint, how do you go from that? Even if he puts up a dud against the Steelers on Thursday, how do you go from that and sell your fan base? Oh, we're going back to Ryan Tannehill, right? Like that's not happening. And say what I, you I want about it. say what mm-hmm. you want about. I know they said, oh, Will Levis is starting because Tannehill is. They use the term "still recovering from his ankle injury." That's a load of crap, right? Like. He's not touching his job. He's not coming back. And it's, right? and it's a high ankle sprain too, right? It's not like this, yeah. this you know, normal ankle sprain or ankle, ankle, right. you know, like turn where he's like, he can't come in. Like, no, this is going to be a situation. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen on Thursday night, you know? Yeah. Um, and by the I'm way, I'm all in on him, to be honest. There are some very interesting pickums on underdog fantasy for this game. The one I'm looking at in particular is DeAndre Hopkins scoring a touchdown. And I know he just scored three of them things. Uh, on Sunday, but underdog is given good odds on it with a 1.7 X boost. Okay. So the over, and then, and then he also has the, the over under a 52 and a half receiving. Uh, the over is also kind of enticing because the Steelers have given up the third most receiving yards per game to wide receivers this year. They're averaging a touchdown given up to wide receivers per game as well. Uh, maybe Will Levis can provide that spark that this offense desperately needed. Right. Uh, by the way, uh, Levis is over under on passing. On underdog is sitting at 202.5. So that seems kind of low. The Steelers are in the bottom 10 and defending the pass in terms of yards given up. So the over looks okay there. I mean, assuming that, you know, he doesn't shut the bed in the second start. Uh, But I'm looking at Deontay Johnson's reception total at five. Can he get six receptions this week? I I think so. They're in the top 10 um, 
Uh, the Titans are in the top 10 in most receptions given up to wide receivers per game. He had eight catches on 14 targets last week. He had a 26% target share, then a massive 35% target share you know, last week. Since his return, he's been looking pretty good. Um, so I think I'd go higher on that. And by the way, if you haven't tried out Underdog Fantasy, this is a great opportunity to do so because there's a free Derrick Henry square that you can throw into your entry, and one of your picks is taken care of off the bat. Okay, He just needs one yard in this game. That's it. So go check out UnderdogFantasy.com. Uh, the link in the description of this episode will take you there if you need it. Uh, but use code UPPERHAND when you sign up so that you can get that free Derrick Henry square and you can get your first deposit doubled up to $500. All right, let's get into some buys and sells. I'll get into my first buy here, and that's David Montgomery. Okay, everybody who has Jameer Gibbs is going to hate me. And I think I do anticipate Gibbs to have a bigger role when Monty is back than he did earlier in the year. Okay, so I do anticipate that. You don't have that type of impact in two games and then just get relegated back to an ins- almost insignificant role, right? However, I think there are a lot of questions in this backfield as to how it will be deployed moving forward. And I think after these two games that Gibbs had, especially on national television, I think a lot of people think that Montgomery took a real hit here um, and that we're not going to see the same role for him when he's back. Uh, but I do think at the very least, Montgomery is still going to be the primary rusher He's still going to be the goal line guy. I think that part is obvious, but I think that's enough. Like that's all he needs. Like we saw Jamal Williams do it last year. Montgomery has already cashed all of my overs on his season touchdown props for me. Right. Look at the schedule coming up after their bye when Montgomery is scheduled to come back. Chargers, Chicago, Green Bay, New Orleans. Okay. But then Chicago, Denver after that, again, these, those are five bottom 10 fantasy matchups for running backs in six weeks. Zach, I think he's going to be a high-end RB2 the rest of the way. Yeah, he has to be. And I I love Jameer Gibbs. I love what we've seen these past two weeks. But it's just not going to continue. And I, I know people are going to hate you for it. You said people are going to hate, for, hate you for it. But this is the reality. Sometimes the truth hurts. And this is what's going to happen with Dave Montgomery. They're not going to just pull him out and not use him anymore. They're not just going to turn to Jameer Gibbs like they wouldn't do for Dave Montgomery. Look at Dave Montgomery. He scored those touchdowns. Jameer Gibbs, in the games that he's had these big games, and he's had these big games the past two weeks, he's had trouble kind of at the goal line. He's had some goal line carries close to the goal line in the red zone where he just doesn't really do a whole lot. His score came from 27 yards out, and he had another long score against the Ravens the week before that. So I don't think that this is a situation where Jameer Gibbs is going to take over those touches. Dave Montgomery is going to come back. It's easy to forget Dave Montgomery now that we've seen Jameer Gibbs do this, but the Lions aren't going to forget what they have with Dave Montgomery. And honestly... It seems like Dave Montgomery fits the type of offensive philosophy Dan Campbell has a little bit more than Jameer Gibbs, even though Jameer Gibbs, electric, fantastic player. But Dave Montgomery, the ground and pound, just we're going to come at you three run plays in a row in the red zone. We're going to give it to Dave Montgomery every time. That's not going to go away. I think Dave Montgomery has that floor, like you mentioned. I think the floor is an RB2. You know, I think the upside, he'll have RB1 weeks still the rest of the way. He only needs to score two touchdowns. You mentioned we saw it from Jamal Williams. So I'm in on that one. I think you should definitely buy him, especially if his manager, whoever has Dave Montgomery, is thinking, uh-oh, well, here comes Jameer Gibbs. And we're talk- there's right now speculation about Jameer Gibbs' role. How big could it be? Once we find out what that's going to be, that, that trouble, all that worrying about it disappears. You know what you have. So you have to take advantage of not knowing what you have yet with Dave Montgomery. I have my own buy. Not a running back, but it's a wide receiver. And it's Keenan Allen. Now, 
he could have had a bigger game against the Bears Sunday, but the Chargers ran away with that one like they were supposed to against Tyson Bajan. You know, no one was expecting that to be a really close game. They didn't need to push the ball downfield. The good news for you, if you're looking to buy Keenan Allen, and you should, his production has cooled all the way down from the beginning of the season, but his target share hasn't at all. When you split up Allen's eight games played this season in the first four and the last four, he has the same target share in both of those time spans. 29% target share in weeks one through four, another 29% target share in weeks five through eight. He is consistent. That is exactly what you want to see. That's with Austin Eckler having been back these past three weeks. And that's with Mike Williams playing in those first three games of the season. So players have been in and out of the lineup. Things have changed on the Chargers offense. Keen Allen is still getting those targets. Using those same splits when we talk about production, we find that Allen, he was averaging 25.8 PPR points per game through weeks one through four. That placed him as a wide receiver two in that time span. But in weeks five through eight, these past four, he's down to just 15.3 points per game which places him as a wide receiver 31 in that span. So we've said this many times before. I've said this many times before, and you probably get tired of hearing it, but Keen Allen is Justin Herbert's favorite target. That's who he throws to. His production dip that we're seeing is going to correct itself soon enough. Austin Eckler just had a big game too. He had almost 100 yards receiving against a, and a touchdown against the Bears. So you can take advantage of anyone that opens up the game log. They see two straight quiet games for Keenan Allen, and then they start to panic when they see that, uh-oh, you know, Allen's game came with a side order of a big game for Austin Eckler. Like, he might not be cheap to go after. He's not necessarily someone that you're buying low. You're just buying him without the ceiling right now. He hasn't had the ceiling the past two weeks. He hasn't hit it. But I think if you can move a guy like Jordan Addison for him in some sort of package deal, we just talked about him earlier in the show, I think he'd be in pretty good shape. I mean, you want to talk about almost stealing my uh, potential buy. I, I'm all over Keenan Allen. I, I like how you brought him up. Again, I notice when you look at Keenan Allen, the face value, he's from a target standpoint, he's getting the ball or at least getting the opportunity as much as he did early on in the year when he was going off, right? Um, clearly, there's him and Herbert just haven't been able to connect, but I fully expect that um, to correct itself. I'm buying the heck out of, of, out of Keenan Allen, to be honest. I think he's a potential league winner. Even if you have to pay an expensive price to get him, um, I think this is a guy that a lot of people are looking at what he did early on in the year, and you're looking at a dip of production, but they don't look beneath the face value stats. Um, suggests that he's a fantastic buy. So I couldn't agree more. Um, my buy is also a receiver, and I'm going with DJ Moore. Um, again, this is a guy that hasn't had his quarterback one, his QB one, Justin Fields been sidelined with a dislocated thumb. I expect him to be back shortly, but the longer he's out, the cheaper DJ Moore's price gets. Um, so you look at DJ Moore, you look at his four last four games with Justin Fields. He was putting up 16 fantasy points, 13 fantasy points, 27 and 49. He went six catches for 104 yards against Tampa. He went eight catches for 131 against Denver and another eight catches for 230 on that massive big game against Washington on Thursday night. And then now you look at his numbers with Bajan. He's still getting the ball target from, from a target perspective. He's still seeing eight, nine targets a game, but obviously the talent level at quarterback just isn't the same, right? Now, when you look at a potential buy, you want someone that's seeing a lot of opportunity. And I think DJ Moore still is, and there's no indication that that's going to change anytime soon. If anything, it's going to get better when DJ when Justin Fields comes back. I'm buying the heck out of DJ Moore. I think he's 
honestly, you could probably get him for wide receiver two price right now. I think he's going to be a serious wide receiver one down the stretch once he gets his quarterback back. Once that wrap, which you saw, you saw, you take away that first game. I think he had like four fantasy points. You take away that first game. He was putting up serious numbers with Justin Fields, and I expect that to to immediately come back as soon as Justin Fields steps, steps back on the field. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. Um, I, I do think that, you know, this past week, you know, it was a, definitely a tougher week, you know, for Chicago. Um, but at the same time, like, I do like the fact that Tyson Badgett, you know, is at least putting – putting you know on target you know he's putting it on target for dj Moore for the most part now he's not being yeah. targeted down the field and that sort of thing and that's okay i'm not overly worried about it um but i do think that once justin fields comes back like you said he could be uh absolute monster our sponsor for this episode is better vision it's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place if you have accounts on all of these different sports books you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you place certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with better vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is better vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right, so if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds, uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side-by-side -side comparison all on one screen within one app, and then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision, and you're good to go. Okay, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O, so B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the App Store today. All right, so let's get into the cells now. All right, my first cell, my only cell for this episode is Gus Edwards. He was the overall RB6 and the overall RB3 in the last two weeks. That is so far from where he's going to be finishing most weeks. Uh, you kind of have to take advantage of this peak value if you can. Uh, it took a touchdown and one 80-yard reception in week seven. It took three touchdowns last week in a great matchup against Arizona. Now he has Seattle this week, who've allowed the lowest yards per carry to running backs this season. Another tough overall matchup against the Browns the following week in which he averaged 3.2 yards per carry in his last game against them earlier this year. He is a touchdown-dependent early down back. Uh, similar to David Montgomery, who I wanted to buy, but we know exactly what the Lions like to do when they get down near the goal line. Completely different situation, and we have a two-year sample of that. Now, the positives for Gus is that he is slowly taking over that backfield. Like, There's no real ambiguity here at this point who the primary early down guy is in the backfield at this point, right? There's no ambiguity over who the goal line back is you know, at this point as well, right? 100% of their att attempts inside the five-yard line over the last two games has been to Gus Edwards, okay? So he is a legit, like, low-end RB2 at this point. Like, you can start him every single week. But he's just not an RB1 yeah. like he's finished over the last two weeks. You know, the game scripts against the Lions and Cardinals were perfect for him. So if I can trade him now for, like, a solid wide receiver two maybe, right, or use him in a package – to get a more high-end player, maybe somebody more dependable, I would do that. Yeah, it, for me, I agree with this take 100%. It's about capitalizing on the value that you have right now. Past two weeks look like RB1 production. We know that he's not an RB1. The touchdowns have been there, and that's what's got him there, but that's not going to be the case every single week. I, I think this is a perfect call right here. We're go he Could Gus Edwards be an RB2 the rest of the way? Yeah, I think so, but... The ceiling that we've seen isn't going to be there every week the rest of the way. And I'm pretty much echoing what you just said. Uh, I'm 
in on this completely. He was one of the guys that I was thinking about selling too. But um, he mentioned those tough matchups coming up. There's no reason to hang on to him, especially if you can move him and get someone better. So I- I'm with you on that one. But I have another sell, and it's not a running back again. It's a wide receiver, and it's Devontae Smith. And this one seems easy, but it's definitely something – just because the deal is easy doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Devontae Smith, this isn't an indictment on him as a receiver. You know, Devontae Smith is a very good receiver. He's a very good piece on any offense. It just happens that he's playing opposite of A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown is dominating. No other number two receiver would be able to compete with the production that Brown has had these past six weeks. And it's going to be, was it seven weeks? I'm not even sure. It was six weeks where he has a 125 yards receiving streak. But guess what? Devontae Smith, he just gifted you a cell window with 99 yards and a touchdown. The Eagles had a great matchup against the Commanders in week nine. Both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith were able to come through. But that's just not going to be the case every single week. We've seen that the past five weeks. You know, since week three, A.J. Brown, he has a 32% target share to Devontae Smith's 20%. These numbers courtesy of Fancy Life's Utilization Report. 48% air yard share to Smith's 26% air yard share. And he's averaging 27 points per game to Devontae Smith's 10. So for comparison's sake, last year, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, they were earning 28 and 27% target shares respectively. Smith has finished outside the weekly top 15 in six of his eight games this year. There's going to be more of that where that came from. Look ahead to his schedule in the next four weeks, too. The Eagles have Dallas in week nine, a bye in week 10, and then back-to-back matchups against Kansas City and Buffalo. Dallas and Kansas City, they're both top five and fewest fantasy points allowed to receivers this season. And then he's going to have his bye. He's not going to be able to do anything for you in that game either. So moving on from player before their bye is never a bad thing. The odds of Smith having another game like he had against the Commanders over the next few weeks pretty darn low so take advantage of this selling opportunity before you're stuck again with smith putting up single digits on a weekly basis there's a chance he could be relegated to your flex i don't want to say your bench but if aj brown's going to keep playing like this which it looks like that's going to be the case jalen hurts has completely switched the way he's targeting these receivers this season compared to last season i think you definitely need to take advantage of this sell him now because he's not going to have this type of value you're pretty much cutting your losses with this one yeah, I honestly, I think you hit the nail on the head in every single thing you said there, right? With the emergence of AJ Brown, he's not going to slow down any soon, anytime soon. And again, it was a struggle to sell Devontae Smith outside of before last week. And again, he posted a great stat line. So the buy, win- uh, sorry, the sell window is now open. Um, I'm considering selling him wherever I got him. I think again, his role clearly take a backseat to AJ Brown, respectfully so, though, like. We're talking he's breaking records here, so I don't think they're going to necessarily stop targeting him at the rate that they are not because it's clearly working. He's single-handedly winning them some games. Um, But yeah, I think he's a perfect sell uh, coming off that 99-yard performance for sure. Um, My sell isn't someone that's necessarily coming off any type of big performances as of recent. Um, He's more so a guy that I'm trying to capitalize on the name value that he holds and it pains me to say this as a Cowboy fan, but I'm selling Tony Pollard. Um, it's clear the Cowboys run game just is not what it was last year. Say what you want. Maybe it's Tony Pollard being better fit as a, in a complimentary role because he had Zeke Elliott last year. But you look at his most recent production. He In his last four games, he's gone less than nine fantasy points in PPR formats. In PPR formats in those three out of his last four games, right? So... We're talking super low production here. Obviously, is that the floor? Probably. Um, but the ceiling necessarily hasn't been there either, right? You watch the Cowboys. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that they can't really run the ball. Um, and 
there might be people out there that still see Tony Pollard as that RB1, elite RB1 that he was drafted. Um, unfortunately, he I don't think he's going to be that uh, this year. So maybe you'll be able to capitalize on that and sell him, try and make your team stronger, maybe trade him for an RB2 and, and a wide receiver to sort of try and trade him for um, two guys, make your team a little stronger. Because I genuinely think that um, the better days of Tony Pollard from a fantasy perspective are behind uh, behind us. Just looking at the scheme and and the way the Cowboys offense is met, is 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 run, um, it just there's nothing there from 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 a running the ball perspective. He is one of the most, I think, one of the guys I'm torn on the most. Right, these game strips these game strips have been so weird. Right for the Cowboys, yeah. like one game they're completely dominating, and Rico Dowdle's getting That's like Cowboys five football. carries, right? Or they're getting like blown out, right? Or they're playing against a tough. Like it's there's a lot of weird stuff going on. A CD Lamb, like you know, he had like two great games this year, right? And it's like, all right, well, is that coming back down? Like, what's going to happen this week, right? And then you have the, you have a tough Philly matchup this week, right? Not an easy matchup for running backs. Like, what happens there? Um, so it, it it is a little bit confusing i will say though that i tend to agree with you that i think tony pollard is somebody that if you can get a a more uh, actual rb1 for him i'll do it one for one yeah like give me kenneth yeah. walker right give me um like give me deandre swift right oh yeah give, like these guys were not rb1s right like several weeks ago but they, they are now and tony pollard is still being viewed as one tony pollard mm-hmm. is probably more of an rb2 at this point I right? agree. And, yeah. You know, and, and it's tough. He has he has RB he has like he's an RB two with upside. Like that's kind of yeah. how I'm viewing him at this point. Because his upside's tough. like crazy, but yeah, he, again, he's just at, not utilized. I mean, you look at his volume. Just, his volume just yeah. like hasn't been there uh, at all. Like you know, in weeks two and three, he's had some high value, high volume games. You know, he's had the the a lot of targets like in that Chargers game. Um, it's kind of up and down. Um, now here's the thing with Pollard. Right, don't sell him. If you're not getting that RB one value back or that Absolutely. that high wide receiver two value back, because the name value is so big that you'll be selling him short. Number one and number two, is there a chance that Tony Pollard, you know, ends up coming through at some point? Like I think there is a chance, right? I hope One's, so. <laughs> this game stabilized a little bit more, and yeah. you know they get into more competitive games with not as bad matchups, right? Where he's very involved in the game plan, right? Yeah, we haven't seen those games in a while, so when that happens. We could see a lot of usage out of him, so so we'll see how we'll see what happens. It's a tough one, but if you can get the value, um, I think I think I would I would do it. Um, if you if you guys are looking for our rankings, you can find that at upperhandfantasy.com. You can also sign up for our free daily newsletter as well that people seem to have really are really enjoying. Uh, you can sign up on our website for that as well. Christian, we really appreciate you joining. This was a lot of fun. Um, you can find Christian at Catch the Bliss on Instagram. You can also find his podcast by searching for The CTB Show, or you can just search Catch the Blitz uh, as well on your podcast app for their weekly show. Christian, appreciate you, man. Thank you, guys. I really had a great time. I, I hope we were able to do this again. Maybe I'll get you guys on my show one day, but uh, I had a blast. Thank you again. Um, and I hope you guys have better fantasy luck than I have had uh, in recent weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for us today, guys. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow to talk quarterbacks and running backs. See ya.